Well, 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 I stand corrected. I don't know why I am using the wrong terms. Okay, every time I used the term reactive power, substitute in its place the term apparent power. Um, but we still don't have a term for the component of apparent power that is predicated on the square roots of negative numbers, and so we might as well call that imaginary power. So th the outcome is still the same, but the way the route I get there is a little different because I used the wrong term. Reactive power is the wrong term <laughs> because it has to do with something else that's not related to the discussion at hand. The only way to have an intelligent conversation about free energy is the following. I, I always have a hard time. How do I introduce my subject to people who don't believe in it because they think it does not exist? They've already uh, surveyed the scene and they've come to the conclusion it's a con job and not a very convincing one at that. Or else they don't know anything about it and they just watch on the sideline while other people do the arguing. So let's try something different. Let's approach the subject from the angle uh, that electrical engineers know all about, supposedly, <laughs> the subcontext of their um, profession, known as reactive power. Now, let's forget about power factor for the moment, because that will be a waste of time to go there. Even though it will be the quicker path, it will be the slower one in the long run, because... I'll lose the electrical engineer right away. So this discussion is not for the layperson, but you can watch on the sidelines if you like. This little monologue of a discussion, this one-sided discussion. Okay, so put I put before you the topic of reactive power. Now, reactive power is enumerated by complex numbers, which mathematicians will describe as having a summation of two components. There's the real component having to do with real power, real numbers having to do with real power, and imaginary numbers having to do with, I will say, imaginary power. Because that's really the only way to call it. Because, oh, and there's a reason for me using that term. I'll make up a term, imaginary power, and not call it reactive power because that's the complex the combination of the two. We can't use a generic term, which is the same term for a specific portion of the generic, without spawning confusion. We don't want to do that. So we have to use a new term for the portion of reactive power enumerated by imaginary numbers, and we're going to have to call it imaginary power. Because that component is either positive or negative on the outside, but it's the square root of a negative value on the inside. All right, That's imaginary power. If we square it, we get negative watts and the generation of power. And that's what circuits of, that I design under simulation exhibit the behavior thereof. But let's look at imaginary power and let's look at what do electrical engineers normally deal with, especially uh, engineers on the grid who manage the utility grid. What portion of that complex, the amplitude, we're taking a percentage now of amplitudes, what portion of that complex number is real, is the real portion enumerated by real numbers, and what portion is, div is 
um, enumerated by the imaginary numbers, that is the imaginary power. How much percentage of amplitude are we talking about here? Well, what if the real power portion enumerated by real numbers should, should diminish by way of entropy, and because we're not feeding it a whole lot of anything, if anything, to keep it going, should diminish to the point that we can't even measure it? Then we're going to have purely imaginary power. And it's not really reactive power anymore in the sense that we normally define it because it's really, in a, relativistically, in a relativistic sense, it is no longer a combination of a real number and an imaginary number um, representing real power versus imaginary power in a combined state to give us reactive power. In other words, we don't have reactive power anymore. For the most part, it becomes imaginary because the real portion has shrunk into almost nothing while the imaginary portion has grown to excessive levels that if passed through a resistor would turn into real power and would fry the circuit. And this is the reality of free energy. This is the only way to describe it that makes any sense to an electrical engineer as to what kind of dinosaur are we dealing with because it's certainly a dinosaur it went extinct a hundred years ago with the death of Steinmetz pretty much according to Eric Dollard and I'd have to agree what little I know about the topic of electrical engineering it sure does look that way of course I might throw in a my hat my two cents worth that it died with the formation of the RKO radio broadcasting network <laughs> because that's also something that Eric Dollard has alluded to and described uh, the death of true radio um, um, study and um, research and development died with the death, with the, excuse me, the formation of the RKO uh, radio network. And you can't really separate power networks from radio networks because when I design a circuit, it's pretty much a combination of the two, in a sense, because I'm creating fields around my components and those fields mean more to me than the components themselves what traverses inside those components such as the wire connecting everything and the coils and the capacitors that means that's something it's a start a point to start with it's the foundation for what occurs afterwards but the magnetic fields and the dielectric fields mean more to me because they're going to be worth gold that's where the free energy lies, is in the field surrounding the circuit components, the components of the circuit. But really, the only way to talk about free energy is to talk about imaginary power, in which the real portion of reactive power is shrunk so small that it becomes either trivial or you can't even measure it. And you're left with imaginary power, which at the very least you can pass through a resistor to turn into negative watts, indicating that now your circuit is turned into a generator and there's no prime mover in evidence because you've shrunk down the input to almost nothing or you have pre-charged a capacitor with a voltage charge that's next to nothing no more than what powers crystal radio sets from a hundred years ago and so you're dealing with a real input an input of real power so small that is not even worth discussing and so we're not even dealing with reactive power anymore we're dealing with imaginary power 
Now, imaginary power is a, a really strange animal, and no one studies it. Yet this is the foundation for free energy, is imaginary power. And Descartes would, have a, would be rolling in his grave at this point if he, if, uh, he knew uh, where the use of his term, imaginary, what it has, whose hands it has fallen into, mine, and what I did with it. Because he coined the phrase imaginary to designate uh, imaginary numbers, uh, give it a, 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 you know, a word, a term, a vocabulary term to, to, that assigned to the square roots of negative numbers. He, he chose the word imaginary out of derision because you can't prove it. There's no way. Oh, people, a mathematician say, oh yeah, I wrote it down on paper, it's proven. No, you didn't. You can't find the solution. And then plug the solution back in to check your results. As any good math teacher will tell you in high school when you're taught the square roots of numbers and to solve for them when they're real or when they're imaginary or, excuse me, when they're negative, when they're positive or when they're negative. But with only with the positive real numbers can you check your results, but with the square roots of negative real numbers you can't because there's nothing to check. So you can't prove they exist except on paper or in the mind of the mathematician or the electrical engineer who has to deal with it to quantify the amplitude of the imaginary portion of reactive power, which normally is not very high because they try to suppress it in the electric utility grid to make sure it does not cause casualties of electrical explosions, you know, uh, destroying equipment and maybe harming people at the same time. Or maybe creating radio interference hazards along the way. If, if the equipment doesn't get destroyed, it maybe it just creates interference patterns that uh, destroys people's receptions of radio or TV or whatever might, you know, whatever they're getting over the airwaves. So this is a fertile field worth discussing and, and researching, but nobody studies it because nobody has properly defined it because they've never studied it. <laughs> It kind of goes along part to part, you know, hand in hand with, uh, yeah, they don't study it because, well, there's no money in it, you know? There's no money in it because, why? Well, you can't really charge people for the use of the prime uh, uh, mover to give you this power because your prime mover has been shrunk to a, this, the status of a catalyst, and we all know about catalysts. They're very teeny and they can be reused over and over again. And so they're never really spent what little there is there to spend. Uh, to any great degree, at, at least. So it messes up the economy. Because the economy is what's predicated. Or what is the only subject of conservation of energy is the economy, basically. It only refers to the economy. It has nothing to do with electrical engineering. Certainly has nothing to do with physics where it sits presently. It has merely to do with the economy, nothing more. And making sure the economy remains stable. But if energy should no longer behave in a manner analogous to the economy, then we've got a problem because now we've got free money running around. The value of what or the equivalent value of money for free 
running around in the guise of free energy. And that's what the bankers don't want. God forbid it should happen. Or the Department of Defense, if, if you prefer. I mean, those are two major players in the orchestration of society. Without them, society, uh, people would have no standards to live by, let alone judge by. So I will leave you with that. <laughs> Note that the evolutionary development of technology requires a transformation of society that will either happen casually, very slowly, or will be revolutionary overnight, or a combination of the two, if you prefer, episodically going from one state to the other, depending on the needs of the hour. But um, at some point, it will there will be casualties, <laughs> and uh, nobody wants them, and so we keep putting them off. But sooner or later, it's going to happen. And it may not be due to man's interference to make it happen, but nonetheless, it must happen at some point in our evolutionary development of technology. There's no way around it. You can't avoid it forever. It's going to happen. The reason why we're holding back on the evolution of technology and along the lines that I have just now described is because our consciousness is not keeping pace. The evolution of our consciousness is not keeping pace with the evolution of technology. That's why we're holding back. I should add that it's not the consciousness per se of the individual, although it is, but what matters is the collective consciousness. In other words, how many people are having their consciousness raised to have any impact whatsoever on everybody else who's not evolving to the same degree. I mean, if you get enough fraction of the population who, uh, uh, whose consciousness is adequately developing to keep pace with technology, they tend to lead the others. And the others just follow along and don't question it because there's a there's is a substantial leadership of a segment of this of society namely numbers of people leading the others who follow along and that's really the only way to look at the evolution of collective consciousness or the evolution of consciousness of society is as a um a kind of um well a collect uh, a psychologically speaking collective endeavor a collect yeah uh, 